The information provided in this podcast episode is for education and entertainment purposes only and is in no way a replacement for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional and should not be considered or used as clinical or professional consultation. With that said, here is a taste of what you will get in today's episode what it does when we start stereotyping our children young and and in a way indirectly teaching them these stereotypes it allows for judgments to start brewing within our children and then as these judgments start brewing they start overflowing they start spilling and they start staining stuff Now keep listening to today's episode because there are some cultural jewels that I am dropping on y'all. And of course, thank you so much for your support. Enjoy the episode. What's up, y'all? I had to come on here really quick and give a disclaimer. This episode, we only have one Black civil rights historian being read, and you will see why right now. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., 1929 to 1968. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is Southern Baptist minister, author, and undoubtedly one of the most effective civil rights leaders in this nation's history, preached universal love and brotherhood, and led nonviolent demonstrations and sit-ins all over the country for racial equality. King was born on January 15, 1929, in Atlanta, Georgia, the middle child of Reverend Martin Luther Sr. and Alberta King. As a young man, King had an insatiable thirst for knowledge. Throughout his academic career, he maintained an exceptionally high scholastic standing. His brilliance enabled him to skip three grades and enter Morehouse College in 1944 at the age of 15. After receiving a BA in sociology from Morehouse at 19, he followed his father's footsteps and in 1951 graduated with a quote-unquote A average from Crozer Theological Seminary in Chester, Pennsylvania with a Bachelor of Divinity degree. He later became an ordained minister and by 1955 had completed his dissertation in philosophy and was awarded a PhD from Boston University. In 1953, King's father officiated at his marriage to Coretta Scott. The couple later had four children, Yolanda, Denise, Martin Luther III, Dexter Scott, and Bernine Albertine. Dr. King was his father's assistant pastor at the Ebenezer Baptist Church and eventually became the full-time pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church in Montgomery, Alabama. Dr. King's rise to national prominence began in December 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama, when one tired black woman, Rosa Parks, said, quote, no, I will not go to the back of the bus, end quote. For refusing to relinquish her seat to a white man, Mrs. Parks was jailed, 
Word of her arrest traveled all over Montgomery and within five days, the Montgomery Improvement Association, MIA, was organized with Dr. King as president. To bring about a change in a long-standing practice, King advised the people to not ride the Montgomery buses. A boycott was organized and for over a year, 381 days, Blacks picketed white businesses and refused to use public transportation. The cohesiveness of Blacks during this crisis resulted in 1956 Supreme Court decision declaring Alabama's bus segregation laws unconstitutional. During the interim, King and his followers suffered undue harassment. King was arrested for staging an illegal boycott. When the boycott ended, King was among the first to board the newly desegregated buses. This victory established him as a prominent civil rights leader and spokesman for Black people. Shortly thereafter, with a group of Southern ministers, King organized the Southern Christian Leadership Conferences, SCLU, in 1957 to further advance Black equality. Edward Nixon and Reverend Ralph Albernathy held high-ranking positions in the organization. Dr. King led nonviolent demonstrations for open houses, jobs, and educational opportunities for Blacks across the nations. He also spoke out against the war in Vietnam. When King preached love for the oppressor, walking hand-in-hand hand with the poor and abused, people grew to love and respect him. Thousands flocked to him in support of the Black cause, realizing that the civil rights movement was behind them. College students united and started read-ins in public libraries, wade-ins in municipal swimming pools, eat-ins at lunch counters, and stand-in in movie houses. In 1960, it was reported that the NAACP spent 40% of its annual budget towards the defense of nearly 2,000 student protesters awaiting trial. What's up, y'all? I'm coming on real quick to ask you to do me a favor. If you are a listener of my podcast, please make sure to leave a review. I don't care if you've been listening from day one or if this is your first time listening. Go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Because when you leave a review, it helps other people find my podcast, which ultimately is helping more people be culturally aware. So after this episode, take a few seconds to leave a review. I'm thanking you in advance for being part of making cultural change one listen at a time and one review at a time. Alrighty, let's jump into the episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by talking with you about the daily experiences I have as a black woman. Now listen, you know the mantra, what I'm about to say. I believe that if you all can hear my experiences, you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, and that should help you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. 
And if you happen to be a Black listener, I truly, truly believe that by listening to the experiences of my cultural walk, you should leave every single episode feeling validated, liberated, and empowered because you are hearing and witnessing me, your Black sister, boldly step into my full-fledged Blackness and the beauty of that walk is just so gorgeous to witness. So with all of that said, let's get into today's episode, which is entitled Stereotyping Starts Young. So before I get into the welcome to our world segment. I just want to make a quick, quick, quick announcement. Um, we have two more episodes and then y'all know I take my little holiday Christmas break. Um, so we'll have an episode next week and then we'll have one more episode during the week of the 15th. And then I shall not come back into y'all's inbox on your notifications or however y'all find out about my podcast until that very first Wednesday in the new year. So just wanted to let y'all know that, give you a little heads up. Um, and then you know, I know it's not Wednesday and I know it has been several weeks where my podcast has not come out on Wednesdays, but y'all know I started off this show by telling y'all I'm keeping it real. I got a whole toddler that I'd be taking care of, a whole business I'm trying to run. And can we just talk about COVID? Like this whole thing is stressful. So I'm still getting the episodes out to y'all weekly and the goal, okay, is these next two episodes will come out on Wednesday. However, if they don't, I am really, really working towards making sure in the new year we get back on our Wednesday schedule because I just think it's nice to show up and talk about culture in the middle of the week, okay? So I just want to put that out there. Now let's jump into the welcome to our world segment. And so I've been avoiding mentioning this because I just... It just saddens my heart. And I just, I'm not going to spend much time on this at all right now. One, I just am intentionally not looking at too much of this information. So I don't know all the ins and outs and I don't want to misspeak. And two, the big reason is it's just sad. So I just want to, I just want to talk about the motherland for a second, AKA Africa, for those of y'all who don't know that that's what I mean by the motherland. There is a whole lot happening in Nigeria and Ethiopia and uh, the killing that is happening because of like this war that's going on with the militaries and all this, the politics and stuff is just awful. It's really, really sad. It's impacting just civilians, innocent bystanders, and it's just awful. It's so sad to see in Africa the fighting that's taking place amongst us and by us I mean black folks people of African ancestry the what is happening among us like it's bad enough that we got to deal with racism and all the bigotry against folks that ain't black and folks that are not of African ancestry and now we gotta deal with we killing each other it's just awful. It's sad. My heart really goes out to Nigeria and Ethiopia and any of the other surrounding countries or in cities and all of that. I just I just want us to just send some prayers up to Africa because this is too much. So 
I wanted to put that in there. I'm I'm going to just focus on some happiness in the rest of this Welcome to Our World segment. I ain't talking about nothing else negative. It's a whole lot of stuff happening out there with the black community. Um, and I'm just, I'm not doing it. That's all I'm doing today. And that was enough for the rest of the year. Okay. Um, but let's talk about some positive stuff in the Welcome to Our World. And, you know, just praise us for being black. So I want to um, just highlight... Noah Harris. He is a 20-year-old student at Harvard, and he is the first Black student body president at Harvard. And there have been two other Black students that have headed the council, but he is the first elected Black student body president to run the council. And so I just think that that is an amazing thing. It just continues to show just how great of a people we are, how much we can contribute to society. Um, just, it's just hats off to Noah Harris and he 20. Let's just, let's just say that again. He's 20 years old at Harvard and he is now the president of the student body. Let's just you know, when I get when I get my technology right, we're going to be in certain hand claps because that is just something to be proud of. So hats off to that young man. Another thing in Welcome to Our World um, that was just amazing is I might be a little behind on this. Y'all know I'd be slow with stuff that be happening on the TV because we ain't letting the baby watch TV yet. But You know, Monica got honored as the Lady of Soul for the Soul Train Awards. And y'all know a couple of episodes ago, I believe I talked about that Monica and Brandy um, uh, versus battle on Instagram. And y'all know I love me some Monica and Brandy. I just, I grew up with them. I just, I love them. And so it was so good to see like the highlights of Monica being honored as the Lady of Soul, and she just got so much swag. I just, I I love Monica and her swag and her vibe and all of that. And so such a wonderful honor for her to be honored as the Lady of Soul. That's like a big thing. I think last year, if I'm not mistaken, Faith Evans, um, she was honored. And so that's a big honor. So hats off again to her. I think two of my most favorite songs for Monica is Why I Love You So Much and Love All Over Me. Those two songs I just love. And then Brandy, she got um, the Soul Certified Award. And so again, both of them doing a really great job. Also love Brandy. I think she is just as cute as she wants to be. She has her own little style going on. I just, I like the the way her voice is. It's such a unique voice. And so um, with her, I think when I'm picking like, what song do I like? I got to be 100% honest. And I was much more of a Brandy fan growing up. Um, she had just a little bit of an edge on me than Monica, but the older I got, I started kind of flopping more so to Monica, but I can't pick like one song for, for Brandy. So I would just go off of her debut album, which is entitled Brandy. Like that album still to this day, I will just play on full volume because it is a vibe. It's a whole slap and I love that. 
Okay, listen, I know. I just stopped the podcast in the middle of you listening, and I'm sure you was just into it and enjoying yourself. But I just need you to do me a really, really quick favor. Go really quick to the show notes, and I need you to click on my survey link. My survey is anonymous, and I really want to hear from you. So if you haven't done so already, just go over and scroll right now while you're listening to my show and just click the survey and fill it out. You know you be multitasking, so you can do this while you're listening. It really literally only takes about two minutes to complete my survey. And just let me hear from you. I just, I want to know some things. So share some information with me. It's anonymous. You can multitask. You know you're probably doing something right now while you're listening to the podcast. So go over to the show notes, find my survey link, take the survey, and let me know some stuff. All right, let's get back to the episode. So speaking of music, let's just get real quick into our music choice of the week. And I am going to go with, um, it's so hard. Like I'd be having such a hard time um, figuring out what music I want to put on here for y'all because I am, I listen to so much music. So it's hard to pinpoint like, what I am trying to convey to y'all because I just I listen to so much music but I picked a little vibe that I think you know I I like this song I'm actually do too but the first one I just really like the vibe of this song um I'm not sure like what region he's from but it definitely is like an African Caribbean type of vibe that he has going on. And so the song is called So Me Mo and it is by Spacey and his album is called Finesse or Be Finessed. Now he spells his name and the album title real different. He uses dollar signs and all of that good stuff. So I'll leave that in the show notes for y'all. But Sami Mo is like a whole vibe. I really, really like that song. And I noticed it's on rotation for me on a whole bunch of different playlists. Um, So that is going to be my main music choice for this week. And then, you know, y'all know, eventually Beyonce had to make it on here. She will probably make it on here a couple of more times because she just got a couple of songs that I've been very much vibing to lately. Um, But definitely already, which is, um, oh, I don't even know what, Lord, the album is slipping my mind. It's like the Lion King album. Um, Why don't I know this information? But anyway, the song is called Already. I mean, y'all can just Google it. Beyonce is in her own realm. So uh, you don't necessarily need the album, but I kind of want to give y'all the album. So let me just pull it up real quick. Oh yeah. It's from the Lion King album and the, um, it's the gift, but it's the deluxe, deluxe edition. And that's where you guys will find already that whole song be having me feeling myself because it's such a good, good song. All right. That is it for the welcome to our world segment. And I'm just going to get into the episode today um, and just talk a little bit about um, 
stereotyping and how it starts young. And so I just want to let you guys know how it's going to flow for us all today. Then we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll kind of get into it. And so what I'm going to do is just talk about a situation. Y'all know I got to tell a story all the time. Um, And then I'm going to break down what stereotyping does and then what we can do to kind of stop the stereotyping in its tracks and try and make a difference. So I'm going to take a commercial break and then we shall be right back. Y'all already know. You already know what I'm going to say. Go and take a bathroom break. Go and change your position. Get you a snack. Get you something to eat. But listen to all and I mean all of the commercials because you don't even know where I'm about to plop in the rest of the Dr. Martin Luther King tribute because his is so good. They done broken into two two different segments. So we just focusing on Dr. King today. He is our civil rights leader. I'll be right back. What's up, you guys? You already know what this section of the podcast is about. This is my business update where I update all of you guys on what's going on and what's new with my business. As I always say, make sure to listen to this entire commercial because it is ever-changing because things in my business are ever-changing. Everything I'm about to share with you can be found in more detail on my website, which is www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. All right. So my cultural edition planner has been released. It is full of worksheets and all kind of good stuff. It is handmade with cultural love. So you need to go on over and order your copy now under the books and products tab on my website. A description of the planner can be found there as well. And on January 30th of 2021, I will be doing yet another one of my trainings, which is entitled Cultural Awareness When Working with the African American Community. Um, You can find more details about how to register for that workshop on my website. These right now are the current updates that I am doing in my business. Again, you can check out the details of all that I've described here on my website because one, if not both, of these things will help you bloom into your best self. All right, y'all. So I am back. So as I mentioned before I took the break, we are talking today about stereotyping and how it starts young. So listen, y'all, I, you know, I got to tell a story. I just got to paint the picture for y'all. And recently, like I think it was two days ago, I took Faith to the park um, because, you know, we all struggling with COVID and I'm trying to get in a little routine where I just like take her to like a different little park if I can a couple of days a week. I'm trying to get up to five days a week, right? Because we tired of being in the house. She's a whole full grown toddler now with a whole personality and she'd be having energy and she'd be ready to go outside. She'd be asking to go outside. So 
I'm just like, okay, let's go outside. So I had my eye on this park that is not far from our house at all. It's a whole bunch of little little parks and little pockets that are not populated. So I wanted to take her to this particular park, another one that's about five minutes away from the house. And I knew it wasn't really gonna be nobody there. So we get there and it was just one man there um, with his, I'm assuming that this was his son. I'm gonna just refer to it as his son throughout this whole thing. But even if this wasn't his son, okay, this all that I'm talking about is gonna apply. So we get there, of course, you know, he's a white man and, and not of course like that, but I just, I feel like there's just something that's going on in the country nowadays with, with some white folks. And I just, it's irking my nerves, but I also want to preface before I get into the story by saying when I talk about this story and you guys will see as it unfolds, I really want us to pay attention to the fact that culture is not just you, you white, I'm black, and that's the culture. And I think we all know this, but just in case we are, you know, at all different levels of cultural awareness, I just need people to be aware that culture is a lot of different things. It's a lot of the isms, right? It's ageism, it's genderism, which is probably not a word, but I'm gonna say it anyway. You know, it's um, socioeconomic status, it's home ownership versus being a renter. Like all of these things are cultural aspects that make us who we are as people. Um, so that helps me get into my story. So anyway, we we come up. Now this man ain't had on no mask, okay? He ain't have on no mask. His son didn't have on no mask. And as soon as we walked on the park, which mind you is a real open space. I was real far. Faith was real far. We had on our mask, okay? Because we ain't playing games with COVID out here. So then he want to go on and put on his mask. Now, I always feel some kind of way when I see people put their mask on when when black folks come up because this has happened a couple of times when me and faith go to the park even though we got our mask on you've been up here this whole time with your mask off but now we show up and you want to put your mask on like i'm confused that right there is a whole podcast for another day so let me just get back on track and not derail okay so anyway so we come up and you know i'm taking faith to the swing and, you know, I got my little wipes and all of that stuff and wiping down the swing. And so as I'm getting her in the swing and putting her in the swing, the little boy proceeds to play with his dad. Now, he could not have been too much older than Faith. Um, he was able to have full-fledged conversation, though. So I'm assuming he was t- uh, three, maybe four. He might have been four. Hello. Yes, it's me again. I had to pause the podcast real quick to promote my newsletter subscription. Are you signed up to my newsletter? If so, thank you so much. If not, what are you waiting for? Go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and sign up. Each month you get a cultural newsletter and each week you get a cultural tip and it's free. It's really no excuse for you not to be signed up to my newsletters, especially if you listen to the podcast. So go and sign up. Alrighty, let's get back to the podcast. Um, And so he was playing with his dad, having a good old time, like most 
toddlers do, enjoying his whole life. He was giggling. And then at one point, I guess whatever was happening was so funny to him that he started squealing and screaming and like just enjoying life, right? His dad tells him, don't like stop screaming like a girl. You sound like a girl. And I'm thinking, what? Like, what happened? What do you mean sound like a, what? what is screaming like a girl? And the little boy was like, no, I don't. No, I don't. And the dad continued <laughs> and proceeded to say, yes, you do. You sound like a girl. And then he named, I guess, apparently like a, a little girl, probably in the family, maybe a sister, maybe a cousin. But he named this little girl and he said, you sound like her. And he kind of started taunting this little boy and telling him that he sounded like a girl. I was so bothered. And so I'm like, let me just, I'm gonna mind my business. I'm gonna just keep my therapy hat in my head. And so I continue to push, you know, faith on the swing, let her enjoy herself and just ignore what this man had going on with this little boy. Um, But then he continued. So a few minutes later, the little boy was, you know, again, laughing, playing, just being a little kid. Like he was really just being a kid. And he continues on and says again to this little boy, stop screaming like a girl. And I just, it got me to thinking. It really got me to thinking because we were there for about maybe 15 minutes at the max. And this man said this to his child two to three times in a 15 minute span. Each time the little boy is kind of like protesting and being like, no, I don't sound like a little girl. So clearly the little boy was not liking it. And this man just continues to, I kind of feel like taunt his child and, you know, put his 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 stuff onto this little boy so I just want to get into talking about what this does right and before I get into saying like what stereotyping does at a young age I just want to name again right and this is probably my own frustrations but what is screaming like a girl like why is that a thing in this society like I hear it all the time um, and it's, it's as if there's a problem if a man sounds feminine, um, and he screams like a girl, like, what does that even mean? Can somebody answer that question for me? Like, what does it mean to scream like a girl? Like, what does that mean? Cause if I'm screaming, obviously either I'm really, really enjoying myself or I'm really, really upset and neither one of those things need to be suppressed and neither one of those things need to be put in the category of gender. Okay. Like I just don't get it, but let's talk about what this does. What does stereotyping do when it starts at a young age? And for me sitting here at this park and the way I'll talk about this for the rest of our show today is from the lens of a therapist, right? And it causes insecurities. I really felt like watching this little boy and hearing the tone of voice with this little boy objecting to his father telling him he is screaming like a girl was really starting a a very early and dangerous form 
of causing an insecurity in this little boy that will be imprinted and blueprinted in his mind from the time that he is now, let's say he's four, to he's 14, to he's 24, until he's 40, right? And then what it does when we start stereotyping our children young and, and in a way indirectly teaching them these stereotypes, it allows for judgments to start brewing within our children. And then as these judgments start brewing, they start overflowing, they start spilling, and they start staining stuff, right? So right now at four, he's objecting to being called a little girl, basically. But now he might go to school next week or whenever kids can go back to school and be with other children. And he may then judge a little boy for screaming like a quote unquote girl, right? Or he may start raising his son to suppress the feelings of his full expression because he does not want his son to scream like a girl, right? I just feel like the men listening, because, you know, shout out to y'all. I'm, I'm glad my, my percentages are starting to increase with the amount of men that listen. But I need y'all to understand that it's actually okay <laughs> as a man if you have some emotion. Like, that does not make you less of a man. Like, your testosterone count is not going to go down if you show a little bit of feeling. It's just not going to happen. And so... Don't do that to your children, especially your male children. Just don't do that because it then makes them second guess their nature and their natural form of expressing themselves. And nobody wants to teach a child young to suppress their expression or to suppress their feelings because that's when we start having internalized issues and then that's when we start having externalized issues. And I that little wordplay is intentional. When we start internalizing our issues, we start externalizing our issues. So that is what I feel like happens when we start stereotyping our children so young. Um, after this commercial break and when I get back, we are going to... I'm just going to give you guys some tips on maybe some things that you can try and do um, to stop this behavior and to make sure that you are not slipping into these things um, with your biological children, with grandchildren, nieces, nephews, you know, children that are in your life, children that you're mentoring, children that you might be doing therapy with. We just really need to be mindful because our kids are little sponges and they pick up on everything. And so... Let's just talk about what we should do to try and avoid, you know, creating and breeding these stereotypes young because it does start with our youth. So go ahead, take a break. You know what, what's about to happen. I'll be back and I'm going to go pay some bills. And I'm going to get me a little sip of water and then I'll be back and we'll close out the show. I'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to receive services that truly consider your culture first? I mean, like really considered your culture first, not in a surface or fluffy way, but in a very deep, rich and validating way. Well, look no further. My husband and I have finally put our brains together on how we can provide services that consider your culture first. 
At Culture First Family Therapy and Training Services, we offer an array of services that help people truly become more culturally aware. From the trainings and workshops we develop and offer, to the consultations we provide, to training our supervisees to use their cultural lens when providing services to people of color, we believe in putting culture first. Go check out our website and the services that we offer over at www.culturefirst with the number one.org. Again, that website is www.culturefirst.org. C U L T U R E, the number one. ST.org. We are so excited about this and we just look forward to helping you embark on the journey of cultural awareness by learning how to put culture first. Although Dr. King walked in a godly way and preached love for his fellow man, the blood of black and white Americans once again drenched the flag of democracy. Civil rights leaders were assassinated systematically. College students were murdered and secretly buried. Little children were victims of bombings in Southern black churches. Peaceful demonstrators were harassed by policemen with fire hoses. German shepherd dogs trained to kill were unleashed against the peaceful marchers. Dr. King himself was brutalized and arrested more than 30 times. His home was bombed and his life and those of his family were threatened. He and 16 other SCLC members were arrested for staging an eat-in in an exclusive restaurant in St. Augustine and were charged with violating Florida's quote-unquote unwanted guest law. On another occasion, he was sent to a Georgia state prison, which resulted in a national outcry from the American people. In times of crisis, King never lost sight of his dream nor his commitment to nonviolence. Quote, he would say, let no man drag you so low as low to hate, end quote. Along with a strong belief in the doctrine of Christianity, King held the teachings of nonviolence by Thor and Gandhi in high regard. He pleaded that Blacks should not seek to satisfy their thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hate. In 1963, King and other Black leaders organized one of the greatest demonstrations in the history of the nation, the March on Washington. He spoke to a crowd of 250,000 people, dramatizing the shameful plight of Americans, Black Americans, over the hundred years since the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Standing before the Lincoln Memorial, King gave his most eloquent I Have a Dream address, which touched the souls of every American. He stated that, quote, a hundred years later, Blacks still are not free. Their lives are still crippled by the manalysis of segregation and the chains of discrimination. Blacks live on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity, end quote. 
He further said, quote, now is the time for America to make her real promise of democracy for all of her children, end quote. In 1964, King watched President Lyndon B. Johnson sign a comprehensive civil rights bill, which had been submitted previously by President John F. Kennedy. Dr. King's last demonstration was on March 28, 1968, when he led more than 6,000 protesters through downtown Memphis in support of a sanitation workers' strike. On April 4, 1968, King was assassinated as he stood talking with friends on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel in Memphis. He was survived by his wife, Coretta Scott King, four children, both parents, a sister and a brother. Funeral services at the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta were attended by thousands, including national and state officials and entertainers. For his outstanding contributions, King received more than 300 honors and awards. In 1964, he and Mrs. King traveled to Sweden where he received the world's highest honor, the Nobel Peace Prize. He kept the plaque but donated the accompany $54,000 to the SCLC for furthering the movement. Time Magazine named him Man of the Year, and the NAACP awarded him with the Spinyard Medal. Stride Toward Freedom, Strength to Love, and Where Do We Go From Here are a few of the books he authored. In 1968, Ras Allah Kamia, an Arab state, issued the first postage stamp in King's honor. Since that time, 22 countries have honored him with stamps, and the United States Postal Service has issued 1,066,435,000 commemorative stamps. In 1977, nine years after his death, the United States honored him with the highest civil award, the Medal of Honor. January 1986 marked the beginning of the official national observ observation, excuse me, of Dr. King's birthday. Dr. King left this comforting message with his people, quote, we as a people will get to the promised land, end quote. All right, so really, really quick. I'm not gonna hold y'all too much longer. Um, I wanna just talk about what can we do to stop this stereotyping that happens at such a young age. And so if you guys have been to any of my trainings, if you read any of my newsletters, and if you've done so for any amount of time, kind of consistently, you know that I always say, you need to start by checking yourself, right? And the biggest tip that I will give is, why do you have this stereotype or this stereotypical thought in your head? Where did, where did that come from? And really, really thinking about what's up with your stereotype and why you have that thought. You really, really have to start with yourself. You really have to check yourself and you really have to 
look in the mirror and really start diving in and thinking about where did this thought come from? Where did the stereotype come from? What is going on? Um, And then you have to really think about your upbringing, you know, who instilled those things in you? Um, Who instilled in you these stereotypes? One thing I might would ask this man if he was a client of mine and you know, we had built a therapeutic relationship and I was at the point of being able to kind of challenge him a little bit is who instilled in you that screaming in a certain tone equal screaming like a girl. And who made you think that that was a bad thing? Did somebody tell you that you were screaming like a girl? And how did that make you feel? And then think about how you felt and now how your son feels, right? And so we have to think of our upbringing with the stereotypes that we have, with the things that we let come out of our mouth and how we act um, and what category we put people in, because a lot of it stems from upbringing and just beliefs that we were taught by other people. And to really recognize that Just because our guardians or our parents or the adults in our lives that brought us up had those thoughts and had those stereotypes, that does not mean that they were right. That does not mean that that message that they gave you was okay. And that does mean that now that you know better and should be acting better, you need to do better and really work towards changing the the way that you're thinking, the way that this has been ingrained in you and your upbringing. And that takes a lot of work as an adult. When you start thinking about how to undo and untangle all the stuff from your childhood and now you 45 years old, I mean, that's, listen, that's a whole lot of work that we all will have to untangle one day. And so it's a consistent thing that you have to do with checking yourself, looking in the mirror, thinking about your upbringing and doing something differently. And then the last thing I would say is, um, catch yourself, like literally, literally catch yourself in the moment. If you need to just stop yourself mid sentence and kind of change the sentence before you let a stereotype fly out your mouth, then do that. If it's too late to catch the stereotype and it then came out your mouth, then you need to apologize. And again, with my therapeutic hat on, if this was a family therapy session, I would encourage that father to apologize to his son. You know, parents be thinking that you shouldn't apologize. And I mean, I don't I don't know why that's a bad thing and why parents feel like you should not apologize. And I'm the parent and I'm the one in control and they need to understand. But we also need to understand that our children got feelings, though. They are like little humans. They are little humans. <laughs> should I say, right? They are little humans with feelings. And so just like we feel a certain way, we may feel offended. We may feel hurt feelings. We may feel frustrated or exhausted or tired. They do too. And in the moment with the little boy continuing to reject what his father was saying to him, that warranted an apology to say, you know what? I'm wrong right now. You are just enjoying yourself and you are just having a good time and you're expressing yourself with your voice, period. I shouldn't have said it, I am so sorry. And that can be a really good moment of repair, which he did not do and it don't seem like he on the path of trying to do. 
And, you know, we're going to just have to hope for the best for that man and his dynamic with his child. Because what I was seeing was triggering my whole entire soul. But again, I really think these are the, the key points of things that you need to do to check yourself, um, to check your upbringing, to catch yourself and to really work towards not having these stereotypes, you know, start brewing in your children and start creating insecurities. And when I say children, again, you do not have to be a biological parent. If you have children in your life that you interact with on a regular basis, those are your children, you know, they're around you. You know, if you're a teacher, those are your children in your classroom. If you're a therapist, those are your children. Those are the kids that you see. And so let's just really, really pay attention to catching ourselves. I'm gonna say it again, to um, paying attention to your upbringing and how that is spilling into your life. And is it making it muddy? Is it making it, you know, pleasant and checking yourself, really taking a moment to look in the mirror and think about where your judgments came from, where these stereotypes came from, why are you having this thought and what you need to do differently? And listen, if you want some more, I'm gonna give myself a whole shameless plug. If you want some more information on how to do this, how to work through this, you know, you're not sure where to start or what to do. I'm telling you, you need to go ahead and order my cultural edition planner for 2021 because I got all the answers for you in there, worksheets and all of that good stuff. But anyway, that is all for today. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed it um, talking with y'all and all of that good stuff. So leave me a comment leave me a review. Let me know what you thought of today. Let's have an interactive conversation. For your cultural tidbit, I'm really going to just encourage you to go ahead and listen to that song, um, Somi Mood, that I put in the Welcome to Our World section. I will leave the song in the show notes. I'm also encouraging you once again to complete my survey. It is so quick and I really, really want to hear from you and it is so anonymous. Like it is anonymous. The only way that it won't be fully, fully anonymous is if you aren't signed up for my newsletter and you want me to sign up, sign you up for my newsletter. And all you got to do is enter your email address and I'll do it for you. But if you want to be 150% anonymous, because it's not like I'm going to know who you are if you put your email address in there anyway. But if you want to sign up for the newsletter, but you still want to be anonymous, but you want to fill out the survey, then skip that question and go and head over to my website under the newsletter subscription tab and just sign up for the newsletter there. Okay. So until... The next time we chat, I really, really hope that you do something that will help you bloom into your best self. And as usual, I am very excited to have you join me real soon so that you can walk another day in my culture.